0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Pat Mayo Experience. Pat Mayo Experience. Pat Mayo Experience.
1: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings today, 2020. Fantasy football rankings update, news and notes. Because there's been a lot of news since the last time I actually did a news update two days ago. That's how you know it's actually football season, by the way. When I update my rank, I wake up early, I update my rankings, and literally 30 seconds after I submit them, news changes, and I have to go update them again. That's the mark of a good football season. So I'm going to be continuing to update. My rankings are up on dkplaybook.com right now, but you can find them in the description of this video and podcast over the weekend, because this is draft weekend. This is when most people are doing their drafts, so I want to make sure that stuff is updated. Uh, before we get into all of the news and the updated rankings, remember to smash the like button to the video, and you tell me your favorite pick, the one guy that you need to have on your fantasy football team this year in the comment section. And don't be afraid to rate, review, and subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. It's a five-star review, by the way. None of these Three stars. I can give your head a shake. The three stars. Get out of here with your three stars. Five stars is the rating we want for the audio podcast, specifically on Apple Podcasts. But I do have uh, some announcements. So if you don't give a shit about my announcements, go to the time codes. You can jump to the player names. Easy stuff, but you might want to hear this because it's big news, especially for me. Probably less to do with you guys, but it could be a nice opportunity for people out there to get ahead, especially in the betting and DraftKings game. So I released on Twitter yesterday uh, that I will be continuing my partnership with DraftKings just like I have for the past three years. I'm going to be doing it for years into the future as well. That is something we finally came to a conclusion on. My show is going to be running on the Mayo Media Network, but The rankings, the golf article, that will still be up on dkplaybook.com in the future. That's where you're going to be able to find everything. Plus, I'll have exclusive video up on the DraftKings YouTube channel for golf and for football, I'll be handling their PGA Tour relationship as it pertains to multimedia and video. Might be doing some live events when live events are still allowed to be a thing again uh, and just show up on the scene there. So I'm super excited to be back with DraftKings. I've had a blast working with everyone over there. The one thing that I'll say, I know DraftKings get shit on all the time uh, just by people out there. And, you know, I don't like this and I don't like that. To work? in conjunction with them. I'm not an employee. I'm a contractor. I'm a partner with them. But they basically said, Pat, we're hiring you. We want to sponsor your show. Go do your show. No meddling whatsoever. And there are very few places, especially in content creation, where people just throw you the keys and be like, go on your way, do your thing. This is why this is why we wanted to partner with you. We're not going to tell you what to do. You do you and just promote DraftKings. That's what I'm doing. Play on DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, too, while we're at it. So that is awesome, and that's the kind of working relationship that I want to have going forward. Uh, there's going to be more shows, especially DraftKings Showdown shows, not featuring me, popping up on Mayo Media Network with legitimate experts. Very soon, I will be continuing my partnership with FantasyNational.com for all of the golf. But I wanted something like that. For football and for baseball and for basketball, hell, even MMA. Are there tools out there? Because, listen, I'm not going to put my picks behind a paywall. My picks are shitty. Everyone knows that. They're fun picks. They're not terrible terrible, but they're not like, pay for it great. Put it that way. And I want to be in front of paywalls all the time. I want my content to be free. So when it comes to something like Fantasy National, uh, I think the tools are worth paying for. I paid for them until I became a partner with them. Then they give them to me for free. It's fantastic. But at the same time, they're helpful. They enhance just how much you enjoy, how much you can win, how much research you can do. It enhances the product. And I've been searching for years for an NFL equivalent to that. Uh, And I finally found it. So I am announcing right now On the show, and you'll probably see it on social media very soon, uh, I've joined the board of directors at FTN Network. So FTN Daily, FTN Fantasy, FTN Bets. Uh, I'm going to be pairing up with Brad Evans and Jeff Radcliffe, two of my oldest friends in the industry, some of my biggest confidants. Uh, Brad is like the best dude of all time. Uh, When it comes to, I mean, he was at Yahoo for years. Now he's doing FTN. Uh, Jeff was at Pro Football Focus. He's doing FTN. These are like legit guys in this roster of, like, writers, paywalled writers, free writers, every single sport, it's going to give me access to those people to bring them onto the Pat Mayo experience to give you guys great DraftKings information throughout the season. But it's these tools that are fucking fantastic. I'm not lying about it. One of the biggest problems, especially in football, when you're trying to use splits tools or pace tools or optimizers or projections is that you need a PhD to figure this shit out. And I don't have a PhD. I'm kind of an idiot. The biggest selling point to me with Fantasy National when I was working with Mike on it was this is easy to use. You can use this for two minutes and understand how it works. Now, you can go deeper than that the more you understand the product, but it's not overwhelming to use, and that is what's going on with these tools at FTNDaily.com, FTNBets.com. Use promo code Mayo. Get yourself an initial discount. We want to push everyone to it. It's fantastic. I'm actually doing a show on Saturday. You can watch it anytime throughout the week. I took two of their DFS DraftKings professionals, uh, took them out from behind their paywall. These are the guys that do the projections, that kind of thing. And they're talking about tournament selection. How to actually sustain winning on DraftKings over time. What are reasonable expectations? And we show you how to use the tools. That'll be on the Pat Mayo Experience on Saturday. So I highly recommend tuning into that. But these tools are awesome. And it took me like two minutes to figure out how to use them. It's easily customizable. And that's just from the daily side at ftndaily.com. From ftnbets.com, there are parlay calculators. You can site shop uh, in terms of finding the best odds that you want to have. It's incredible stuff. It makes... It's one-stop shopping, and that's all anyone really wants. Where's the one place that I can go to do all my research, to figure out my picks, to make the right pickup moves? It has all the information, all the color that you want, uh, and it has these tools that if you want to do your own research and figure everything out, customizable too, that you can do that. Uh, And like I said, working with the gang over there has been kind of incredible. Kevin and Elliot developed these tools, and they're awesome. Brad and Jeff, I guess the announcement I should put out, Sunday morning, live, 10 a.m., Eastern. Eastern time on the mayo media network the pat mayo experience sunday morning show will be me and brad evans for this year so that's going to be an awesome show and maybe even a bigger announcement to me personally because one of the big one of the big features was uh he was on the show when he announced that he was actually going to ftnfantasy.com chris meany who's on the line right now you're going to be a part of the monday show i got you and garion for a monday morning recap show this is going to be fucking awesome
0: Man, this is going to be absolutely fantastic, buddy. I'm so thrilled for you. I, you know, I couldn't be more prouder of you and what you've been able to accomplish over the past few years and, and getting me into this, uh, the fantasy circle. And I'm just thrilled that you're joining FTN. There's, you know, you just talked about it off the top. There's a lot to really get excited about if you're just unaware. So So thrilled to have you on. The tools are phenomenal. It's just the beginning, as you said. Uh, There's lots to look forward to. I just love how it's so customizable. It's so easy to use. Everything is all in one spot. So uh, a lot to look forward to. And really, the show on Monday, yeah, with me, you, and Gary, and uh, turning the clock back a little bit, old school buddies. It's going to be a blast, man.
1: Yeah, it's going to be Fantastic. So if you're looking for content for me, so all of my regular content, like I said, up on dkplaybook.com, all the regular places that you would find everything, the podcast isn't moving, the show isn't moving, everything's still free. I'm going to be doing two articles a week for FTN Daily. And maybe, maybe, listen, sometimes I'm in a bad mood and I don't want to write, but sometimes I'm in a good mood and everything (laughs) will just kind of flow out and I'll I'll end up writing like 3,000 words. It'll probably end up up there on ftnbets.com, breaking down golf and breaking down football, specifically DraftKings pivot plays for the week for both football and for pga uh nfl and pga and i will be doing a what is tentatively scheduled as a friday night the show is actually going to be behind a paywall uh it's not my picks but it's going to be me and a couple of the DraftKings pros that they have for nfl and me basically just peppering these guys with questions i believe there's a viewer chat as well so again uh code mayo at ftndaily.com get you access to all this it gets you a discount so i hope to see everyone there i couldn't be more excited um and no one's a bigger shill than me so you're going to be hearing about this stuff over and over just like you hear about fantasynational.com for golf slash mayo for 20 percent off by the way u.s open coming up you want to get it on that and for football code mayo at ftndaily.com but enough showing for me uh that was the announcement i'm super excited uh especially with the expansion of Mayo Media Network, being back with DraftKings, FTN, Fantasy National. It's fucking super exciting times, but like I mentioned, Beanie, football's actually here and the real work begins now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's all happening, man. I'm just so pumped. Like last night when we were talking, I just had the biggest smile on my face. I was super excited for this show and for this announcement. This is the best FTN get to date. So yeah, I mean, football is here. It's super weird. It's obviously a weird time to be a sports fan if you're covering all the sports like we are over at FTN with absolutely everything from WNBA, League of Legends, golf, of course, the big four in hockey, basketball, baseball. And hockey is not right a part of the big four, pal. <laughs> P- <laughs> Come on, you know I was going to say that. Pete, it's P- part of the big four. Let's go. No,
1: if we're talking about like betting and daily fantasy, PGA is a part of that big four,
0: not hockey. Yeah, PJ is really taking the jump up. I'll get. Gi- I'll give you that. PGA. I would put them. You know, probably ahead of baseball. Basketball is obviously still pretty big. Uh, you know, we're selling some subs and DFS and NBA betting and stuff like that. But my hockey picks. I'm you know seventeen games above five hundred around 17 units for anybody who wants to make a little bit of cash in hockey, there's some money to be made there too. But you're right. I mean, golf, if we're really being honest here and we're talking about, say, a big three, you know, golf is in there. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the big thing is no matter what you
1: end up betting on, uh, and I'm going to have a NFL betting show coming out early next week as well with a professional NFL gambler about the nice. things to do and the things not to do. I mean, basically, I'm just going to start writing columns like, here's how you lose betting. Here's how you lose at DraftKings. And I'm just going to write down what I do. Um, and people can just do the opposite of that and probably end up winning in terms of like, oh, yeah, I'm on a treadmill at the gym like 10 minutes before lock. I'm going to fill out like nine more lineups just randomly. Don't do that. That's how you lose. Uh, Trust me on that one. But let's talk about the football. I told you, like, uh, I woke up. I updated my rankings. I wanted to do that every day going into actual draft weekend and throughout the week. I'll have Celia on for week one rankings very soon as well because week one is here. Uh, Jeff and Cust will be on the Spread Pick show too, and then we'll set an actual schedule for the week, and I'll let you know when everything is coming out. But Adrian Peterson got cut this morning after I ended up updating my ranking. So I had to go back through and figure everything out. So Adrian Peterson is out in Washington the Washington footballs no longer have Adrian Peterson which is funny because this is how stupid NFL news is at this time of year because I did an entire list of like what's the news that we should cover we could rapid fire through this give our hot takes or quick picks and you can always find the rankings which are now adjusted properly up on dkplaybook.com the link is in the description of this video and podcast if you just want the quick link go to it the the quote yesterday from theathletic.com, your former employer, meaning uh, they said they ex- they expect Adrian Peterson to get the early down work in Washington's backfield. That was from like 8 p.m. last night. This morning, Peterson cut. That leaves Antonio Gibson, Bryce, brother Love. J.D. McKissick is back there. And don't forget that Peyton Barber is on this roster. Now, everyone knows that Peyton Barber is not good. That never prevents Peyton Barber from getting 27 carries in a game. So everyone's going to draft Antonio Gibson. Everyone wants a stash Bryce Love. Oh, and in PPR leagues, J.D. McKissick could be a real steal. Don't forget, A... This offense is probably not very good. So I don't think you want to like reach for any of these running backs. But at the same time, like, would it shock you if Peyton Barber had 27 carries a game for 59 yards for all 16 games that are like, this is our guy, he's a grinder.
0: <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, we just we saw it last year, too. Um, you know, with Tampa Bay and him and, and Ronald Jones. So I, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, Peyton Barber obviously is not going to be on my radar. I don't want any shares of him. You have to be playing in like a 23. 23- 24 person dynasty league, the deepest league of, of all time, just to have Peyton Barber on your bench. And, you know, I was kind of interested in AP and just the fact that, you know, over the past couple of years, he's averaged a thousand yards on the ground. He is what he is at this point of his career. He's just getting volume and touches. It's not spectacular, but now he's off that roster and it's easy to look at Antonio Gibson and see the upside. But, you know, Pat, I just look at, you know, last year in college, I mean, he had 33 rushing attempts, 33. It's not to say that he can't come into the NFL and get, maybe a hundred more have 130, but 33 rushing attempts. And one game with double digit carries, it was his final game. I believe he had 11. And after that it was six. So he is a gadget player. They can move him around all over the field. He is the guy that I have maybe the most interest in, but I'm not going to be reaching on him. I've waited as long as I can to do most of my drafts that I care about over these next couple of days. I have him as a, as an RB 30, uh, right now, actually right at 30 in a full point PPR setting. I, I don't know if I'll get him like I won't be drafting him as a, as a top 25 running back like I will not be taking him over Kareem Hunt or Cam Akers or maybe even Dondre Swift like I just won't be doing it so as you said before we got into this backfield it's not a very good football team it's probably the second worst team in all of football behind Jacksonville they're not going to have a great offense I don't imagine Antonio Gibson is going to be the goal line back there. It probably will be Peyton Barber. And that's what will tick off owners is that Barber will get in there. He'll steal some touches inside the goal line, inside the red line. Maybe he is the guy that gets on average eight to 10 carries a game. What does that leave Antonio Gibson? Three, four carries, a few catches out of the backfield. Like I said, they can move him around, but I think maybe the value is in Bryce love because people are going to reach on Gibson and Bryce Love seems like more of a between-the-tackle runner. Like, I would peg him for the second-most touches out of this backfield. And then J.D. McKissick, you mentioned the Athletic. Last week they were talking about J.D. McKissick being the best back in this backfield and how explosive he's looked and, and how he's, you know, just coming in with a purpose in, in training camp and catching balls out of the backfield and, and making things happen in the open field. So it's a crowded backfield that really I don't want a whole lot to do with. Antonio Gibson, I project him for about 130 carries, 40 catches – So roughly 200 touches, maybe 900, 950 yards, but I don't think he's going to be the goal line back. And that's that's kind of what I want, a guy who's going to touch the ball in the red zone. This whole backfield right now is just looking like a pass for me. Yeah, I only mentioned the Peyton Barber thing. You don't want to draft Peyton Barber. You
1: probably don't want to draft anyone besides Gibson. I'm actually a bit more bullish on Gibson with this development because I look at... Ron Rivera is there, whether he can last the entire season, if he has to go get treatment, then Jack Del Rio takes over. And that could be somewhat problematic, but just coming over from Carolina to see how they used McCaffrey, another guy who, listen, Gibson's not small. He's just not what you would call a traditional between the tackles runner that I think it is worth gambling in reaching on Antonio Gibson, where he's going to go. Like, where is he going to go?
0: Sixth round now, fifth round probably. Yeah, probably if you know, well, I, I got him right around RB 30. That would be sixth round. Yeah. I mean, towards the end of the fifth, you're going to see guys like Cam Akers, Devin Singletary, Kareem Hyde come off the board. I'm not really sure how people feel about Dave Montgomery, who's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Obviously Ronald Jones is really dropped out. He's not a fifth or sixth round pick anymore. J.K. Dobbins. So you're going to have that decision, whether you want to go and reach for a guy like Antonio Gibson, or you want more of a true three down back in, in my opinion, in a Cam Akers or DeAndre Swift or a J.K. Dobbins, I know how much you love Mark Ingram. Like, who would you rather have? Antonio Gibson or J.K. Dobbins? Gibson, uh, just because
1: there's the other options there. The one appealing Fair. part about Antonio Gibson, and it's a leap of faith, obviously, but there is a path where he's the guy in this backfield. And I don't think that's going to be the case with Dobbins just because that evil Mark Ingram is still lurking unless he gets hurt. And then they still have Gus Bus mm. in order just to take away carries. Plus, Lamar is going to run a bunch. Like, I can see a path with Gibson where he is low rent McCaffrey or he's low rent Kamara with the way that his skill set plays. Like he could be someone who ends up with like eight catches a game, and then I don't care if he doesn't get the goal line work as long as he's just piling up these touches. Like if you can make him, I mean, averaging eight catches a game is is not going to happen. But I, there's going to be those spike games because that's the type of player that he is. They're going to use him at receiver. They're going to use him out of the backfield. They're going to give him carries. Like. There's enough ways, and this team is going to be throwing. That's the other thing, too. Like you mentioned, they're not good. So the Peterson thing initially kind of worried me. Like they're just going to run AP into the ground, and this guy's never going to see the field until they get way down. And then it's only catches that you're going to see from him. I'm sure that Bryce Love and Peyton Barber are going to get worked into the mix at some point. But like everyone who thinks that JD McKissick is going to be the pass catching back here, it's going to be Gibson, or they might play on the field at the same time. Like I think you can feasibly get him between 15 to 20 touches a game. And I think that makes them very valuable. So in my rankings, when I updated, I still like Jonathan Taylor more. I like Cam Akers more. I agree with that. I like Kareem Hunt more. I'm with you. But I have them in the tier of guys that everyone else has really highly ranked that I have way down on my list. And I think I'm going to be a bit higher on Gibson. So the next like tier for me of running backs goes David Johnson melvin gordon two guys that just i'm not going to end up with i do have them higher rank but like their adps are way above that then antonio gibson then Mostart, fournette devin singletary and jordan howard james white david montgomery that's the range that i have him in and i probably you know what if a gun to my head and i was in a draft and i had the choice between melvin gordon and antonio gibson i'd probably take antonio gibson
0: yeah i would probably take melvin gordon there just because he sucks it's a yeah, I know. He, I know that whole range is very interesting. Like David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Lev Bell, Melvin Gordon. Oh, I, like which I, one of those? I, guys? I have Todd Gurley way above these guys. I think Todd Gurley is much okay. safer than these guys. Yeah, fair. Uh, you, you, absolutely. I'm not going to really argue that. Out of all those guys, it's probably the one that I would that would I would count on to have you know a, a productive season. At, you know, in years past. You know He's not far removed from a really good campaign. Even last year, I believe, he had double-digit touchdowns and he caught a bunch of balls, not as much as we're used to seeing. So I would probably just lean Melvin Gordon there only because I know that Denver wants to run the football. Yeah, Philip Lindsay is still on the roster. He's going to be the goal line back there. Uh, he's going to catch some balls. I think he's slightly safer, and that's weird to say uh, that Melvin Gordon is slightly safer, but... Yeah, you make a good point with Antonio Gibson because there's not a lot of pass catchers there. That's why we really love Terry McLaurin. Like, he's a phenomenal wide receiver. He proved last year that he can handle top coverage. They didn't have any weapons there at all, really. And they bring in Antonio Gandy-Golden, who really is just going to be a red zone threat. I don't know how much usage he's going to get. We get excited about Steve Smiths. At least I do, Stephen Sims, because I know that there's just an opportunity there for a guy to get about six to seven, eight targets a game. So you bring up a really good point in Antonio Gibson. You don't need him to have 130 carries. I have him right now for 130 carries, 40 catches. Maybe that's low, 40 catches over, you know, 16 games in a team that's probably going to be playing from behind quite often. Maybe that's slightly low. So I, I think where you have him is absolutely fair. Like I said, I would take Melvin Gordon ahead of him. I would probably take... um I, I just readjust. I,
1: I just, after That's talking it. with you right now, I just readjusted my rankings. I moved him ahead of David Johnson and Melvin Gordon,
0: those <laughs> bums. Yeah, I mean, what's, what do we really, I mean, I, I'm fine with him moving him ahead of David Johnson. I mean, David Johnson is, at this point, he just seems very fragile, very risky. Like, I, I can't say with confidence that he's even going to play 10 games this season at all. Like, he could, if he plays 10, he could lead the team in catches because the yeah. entire Houston Texans offense, is very fragile so I am I have a lot of concerns with all those guys yeah you want to take the youngest Brian Antonio Gibson who can like you said move all over the football field whether he just gets five carries a game he's probably going to get five targets so I'm fine with that Mostert sure you want to take him over Mostert there's a very small sample size where he Mostert there and and it's just a ludicrous sample size like he was unbelievable in the playoffs Uh, It's still Shanahan backfield that you you can't really trust. Uh, Yeah, he's going to get more carries, but how many more? He doesn't have a lot of games on his resume where he's flirting with double-digit carries either. So I'm fine with the Antonio Gibson. He kind of reminds me of maybe you look back at Chris Thompson years ago when he was catching 40, 50 balls out of the backfield. He was a perfectly fine PPR flex. Don't feel great about him being my RB2, but if you can get him at the top of the fifth, you know, after the guys like Akers and Gordon and Taylor come off the board... I'm fine with that. The only thing that could throw a wrench into this
1: is is the Washington footballers go sign like Devonta Freeman today and something like that. Then obviously everything changes. But as it stands right now with Peterson cut and them adding no one else, this is how I do it. If they end up signing someone, if I'm not around to record a video or a podcast, I'll just update the rankings. I have the date at the top when the rankings are updated uh, with all of the latest, like whatever, like the last major piece of news is. So you can actually time that out. So, you know, for your drafts, you know, if I end up like, blacking out and passing out they're not updated at least you'll know that when it comes down to it if you're using my cheat sheet uh, to do everything with that i mentioned one of the names in there uh leonard fournette cut from the jags now on tampa they cut uh, my guy the goon Dare. although bruce arians is saying that you know ronald jones is still the guy I'm not buying that for a fucking second so i do should i like any of these guys i think the answer might the, the problem with tampa this year is they might be good. I don't think they're going to be great. But they have three tight ends. You don't know which one to draft. They have now, like, four running backs. So they're going to go with Fournette. They're going to go with Ronald Jones. Uh, They still have the rookie, Keyshawn Vaughn. And they still have LaShawn McCoy on this team, who they said is going to get some runs. you got four guys in this backfield. And then you have Evans and Godwin. That's all great. But now they're talking like, oh, here's Scotty Miller. Here's all these other guys. Like, (laughs) draft Chris Godwin. And then, like, be done with it.
0: Yeah, Chris Godwin is my favorite of the bunch, too. I think he could absolutely set records this year with just his route running and how strong of an athlete he really is. I mean, you saw what he was able to do with Jameis Winston. Just even a couple of years ago when he filled in when Deshaun Jackson was hurt, like it was such a small sample size, and Godwin just ate everywhere all over the field. I just think he's a he's a mismatch. I look at it like it's just a a more beefed up Julian Edelman, and that's kind of how I how I view Chris Godwin. He's definitely the the buck that I want. And Brady, I suppose, but I'm actually in on Fournette. I know it's a crowded backfield right now. I don't believe any of the nonsense that LaShawn McCoy is still going to be heavily involved in this offense. This guy was a scratch in the Super Bowl. Like they couldn't even have him on the field. Are you kidding me? With with just how the relationship that he had with Andy Reid and, you know, just as a small sample size, he was he was okay. But just to have him as a healthy scratch in the Super Bowl, like not even on the sidelines, just makes me really concerned about him. They draft Keyshawn Vaughn, they talk up Vaughn throughout the first couple of months. And then he's away from the team dealing with some illnesses. And then they talk up Ronald Jones, like he looks so good. And then we see clips and videos that he can't catch a pass, like a a five yard pass, like Brady to him. He can't even catch it. And then they go and they bring in shady. And then on top of this, they bring in Leonard Fournette. So clearly they don't have any trust in anybody else in that backfield, not named Leonard Fournette. Right. I mean, he's now coming into this offense on a one-year deal to prove it. I think he's a good back. The only reason that we were concerned, at least I was concerned about Leonard Fournette, is because of the off-field and on-the-field issues and the fact that he was on a 4.5 projected win total team, the worst in football. And we just laughed all the time that he couldn't get in the red zone. Well, Jacksonville passed the ball a ton in the red zone. They didn't hand it off to a bruiser. I look at Fournette as somebody who's definitely not going to get 70-plus catches. He's not going to touch the ball 250 times but he's still going to be productive in that offense. Can he pass block for Brady? That's my one concern. Can he really pass block? The offensive line is not brutal, but I look at years past and just, I don't think this offense is going to run like New England and Brady and Belichick a few years ago, but I look at like Garrett Blunt, who the one year he caught seven passes, he had like 70 red zone rushing attempts and 16 touchdowns. I think this is bad news for guys like Gronk, who I was expecting about 30% of his catches to be touchdowns. Most of them in the red zone is probably bad news for a guy like Mike Evans slightly inside the red zone. I mean, hand it off to Leonard Fournette. I think Leonard Fournette can get about, at least, on average, I'd say 12 12 carries. That doesn't seem like a lot. It's not a lot. It's it's, it's not a lot.
1: But, But, like, I loved him in Jacksonville in for fantasy because purposes. the volume because the it's all volume and dump off so like he was the guy who i yeah. mean it, with chris thompson coming in maybe that would have taken away a little bit but like i don't know that he's gonna be the pass catching back he or a three down be. back here like and that leaves me in this spot like i have him ranked at number 63 overall the spot behind most art ahead of singletary but like would you take most or Fournette i'd take most i
0: would I would take Fournette. I would take Fournette. I, I'm taking the talent. I'm taking the fact that they decided to bring him in. That the, I'm seeing the writing on the wall. They're bringing him in because they have concerns with these other guys. This is what we were laughing. We we're talking about Peyton Barber earlier. Like, this is why Peyton Barber was getting those touches because Ronald Jones was just shit in the bed. He just wasn't any good. So you take away Ronald Jones. You take away Shady McCoy. Keyshawn Vaughn has clearly um, got some stuff to learn. He hasn't even been with the team that much. I mean, protecting Brady is the big point here. So I actually think that Tampa is going to be a team that runs the football a little bit more than people expect. I don't think Brady's going to drop back all that much. It may be a little disappointing if you're an Evans and a Godwin owner. You're not just going to, you're not going to be able to get that same true volume. They were down so often last year and passing the ball. This is a decent run defense that can stop the run, control the clock with Leonard Fournette. So I would take Leonard Fournette over most start. I would take him over Devin Singletary because I actually think Zach Moss is going to be the guy there in Buffalo over time. So I'm fine with Leonard Fournette as your RB two. I think he is a top 20 running back. I think he has that upside to be still a low-end RB1. This is a great offense. He's going to find the end zone. We all laughed last year. He just had three touchdowns. Listen, he faced stack boxes 31% of the time. It's not going to happen in Tampa. Absolutely not. There's no way with all of those weapons. I think this is a terrific landing spot for him, a really good offense. And I know touchdowns are hard to predict, but he's, he's going to score more than three this year. That's a promise.
1: Yeah, I think that he's either going to be like a top 10 running back or a guy that you can't play and just kills your lineup every single week. And I think it's more the latter than the former. I am wrong on this stuff all the time, but unless he fell to me, I would not be taking him here.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, what... I think he's going to fall. I don't think like what's what's falling this weekend. I don't believe he's still. I don't think he's going to be a third round pick. No, I think but, he's going to but be like, outside if, the fourth. If it, if it
1: gets into like the fifth round, depending on how you construct your team, let's say you go running back, running back, and then in the fifth round, Fournette is sitting there. Do you want to add Fournette as your next guy, or do you want to add like Terry McLaurin? I, yeah, you know. I would rather
0: add Terry McLaurin. I, I'm with you. I, I mean, this is my mindset. Like Fournette is not a target of mine. I do feel like this is a great landing spot for him. But I typically start. My drafts back, back, and then I just love that value with Terry McLaurin, Chark, uh, Ridley. Like all of those guys are right in that range. So uh, yeah, I can, you make a really good point. Like if I had to choose, like I'm going with the upside wide receiver. Uh,
1: let's talk about the Jags backfield very briefly. I did a video up on Mayo Media Network with the moment Fournette got cut. I've changed my tune since then. Since Rykel Armstead doesn't practice, apparently he was activated <laughs> from the COVID list, but no, don't worry about that. He's still not practicing. So. Chris Thompson, I now have the highest ranked of the Jags uh, running backs. Again, it's kind of the similar situations that we talked about where Antonio Gibson could be on the field with both them trailing or them up and potentially handing carries. We know that Thompson's not going to be that. So I have him right around where do I actually have him? number one spot ahead of chase Edmonds at number 97 in the overall rankings. Uh, he's going to have catches. He's going to you know, have two or three carries probably on average a game, maybe up to five, depending on this backfield. Uh, I think he'll be a decent flex play. He's a nice injury fill in player, bi-week player. He's not someone you want to go target. So that leaves us with, uh, Ozigbo and James Robinson, who Doug Marone did say both of these guys could play all three downs. And that's what we've seen under Doug Marone in this offense. The running back plays all three downs, a lot like the Steelers over the years, where it's like, oh, this guy's gonna come in and take Levy on Bell's job. Like, oh, they drafted James Connor. That means Bell's not gonna get all the work. No, Bell got all the work. And then when Connor became the guy, Connor got all the work. And then even mm-hmm. when we had like Jalen Samuels, like, oh, Jalen Samuels is playing 99% of the snaps. Great. Oh, he got hurt, Benny Snellson. He's gonna play all of the snaps. Like they so rarely ever do a split in Jacksonville that it could be worth gambling on Ozigbo or James Robinson. I would go Ozigbo. Uh, in this circumstance, uh, I have him at number one hundred one, one spot behind Zach Moss and one spot ahead of Matt Breda.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh is the guy that I that I like more than Armstead. Yeah, you're right, Armstead. I mean, he was dealing with COVID; he was away from the team, and and then he comes back, and then he's still away with an illness that's not uh, expected to be COVID. So he's been away from this team now all camp. So I think Ozigba has uh, Zigbo has the, the, has the upper hand here. He's, he's an athletic running back and he, he's a big boy. I mean, 6'2, 225 pounds. He could be the goal line back there. Potentially he can catch balls out of the backfield. Uh, he was, I think he would believe he was a star a couple of years ago in training camp with the, the saints camp. And obviously they just didn't have any room for him. So I think this is a, a decent opportunity. That's probably a part of the reason why they just decided to, to move on from, from Leonard Fournette. I mean, Armstead is, it's just been such a small sample size. I remember the last game of the year, He finally got some usage. I believe he had double-digit carries, and he caught five passes out of the backfield, so he can catch. But uh, I just don't want to spend – like, I find in my drafts recently over the past couple days, I've done some drafts. I find, uh, you know, Armstead's going around that seventh, eighth round. I just don't feel comfortable taking him. I'd rather wait a couple rounds later uh, or even four rounds later, and, and you bring up a good point with Chris Thompson, you know, back with Gruden. And, you know, what he did in Washington, again, much like we're talking about Antonio Gibson, I kind of compare the two, you know, Gibson, I expect to have more usage on the ground between the tackles, yeah, more rushing attempts. I, but I, I think the thing is going to catch 40 balls. Yeah, he might actually catch more than that
1: in his office. But you have to, it's almost like the Bills backfield in a like, certain way. And even the Chargers backfield now is that you have quarterbacks that instead of dumping the ball off like Rivers would to Eckler and uh, Melvin Gordon and just pile up their receptions for those valuable ppr points tyrod's William. going to run Minshew's going to run josh allen's going to run and that just takes away from the overall bottom line i would project thompson for more than that unless and like the only reason i bring up the name like you're not drafting james robinson you're just not but i only right. throw out the name is that if somehow he wins the job and they're saying he could be a three down guy one of these guys could luck into a really good role if they don't use thompson where they're basically Fournette light they're 80 percent what Fournette would have been and that would be worth gambling in the ninth round or tenth round or even beyond that if these if ozigbo and some Is sitting there like the 12th or 13th like why not take the shot to see if he's the guy if he's not the guy fucking cut him like it's it's not super difficult to figure out what you should be doing at the back end of your fantasy football drafts is uh is i don't want to say like sleepers but just start taking guys that you project be like oh could they have like a really high upside role are the chances of that low? Yes. That's why they're going in the 14th and 15th round. But at the same time that if one thing breaks their way, are they now like a must start guy every week? And he feels like one of those guys to me that if things break his way and all of a sudden he is named the starter week one, and he's playing three downs. Like he's a top 15 running back.
0: Yeah, he is. Absolutely. You bring up a good point. Yeah. You're at that point in the draft you're You're really just looking for, for upside and a guy who could potentially fall into, you know, three down work. And yeah, that, and people will just look at Jacksonville and they'll say, nah, I mean, I just don't want any, any part of that, but it's volume, right? I mean, that's why I said earlier that I didn't mind AP because I just knew at, you know, depending on how deep your draft is, if somebody's going to touch the ball 10, 15 times, I mean, there's value in that, especially if you're going to get that running back outside of the top 10 rounds. I mean, you mentioned Chase Edmonds. I like Chase Edmonds because he's a guy that I feel like I've already seen him. When nobody else went, DJ and Drake wasn't there. I saw him. Yeah, it was against the Giants. But I saw him touch the ball around 20 times in that offense. It's exciting. So out of all of those guys, i probably take Chase Edmonds because of that and and that offense. But, yeah, these guys are great values, Pat. And they're towards the back part of your draft. And if you happen for whatever reason to go wide receiver, wide receiver, and you just want some running back depth at the end that could work out, it it can. So Chris Thompson is, is actually the cheapest. And in a full point setting, he's the guy that I think that I maybe like a little bit more, but again, he won't get that goal line work, but this is not a good football team. Anyways, they're going to be passing a lot. I expect Minshew to be in the top five in passing attempts this year.
1: Yeah. And he's going to be running as well. like, if you want to reach on it, if you want to reach on a Jag, reach on Chark, that's, that that's it he's the the jag to own other than that like I like Minshew you could probably start Minshew starting week one he's just gonna be all garbage time and rushing yards, a lot like what we saw from Josh Allen two years ago uh just the way that he was able to compile fantasy points just in like two big runs all of a sudden that's like a a run for 50 yards a run for 30 yards just on broken plays because they're down by 30 points or something like that. that's the equivalent of two passing touchdowns so Minshew is going to pile up points that way I think he's gonna be a top 10 fantasy QB this year and then Chenault at the back like they could use him out of the backfield too he was a wildcat yep. quarterback in college uh he seems to have a huge athletic profile i just want to go back to antonio gibson very briefly for one sec the biggest difference between him and some of these other guys like dude is 6'2 220 like he's not small yeah. like people in their mind because he he's like a you know, he's, uh, he's like Zoolander he's a, or, or Fabio. He's an actor slash model and not the other way around. When you see like the wide receiver slash running back, you think scat back, but he's not at all. Uh, and Chenault's kind of the same way too that you could use in this backfield. So just don't reach on any of these guys besides Chark. We'll let them fall to you. If they fall to you, you can take them. It's that easy. Uh, let's go rapid fire now through the rest of these news items. Kamara might have a contract problem. He also got an epidural in his back. That sounds terrifying.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm scared of Camara. even before hearing that recent news in the contract. I don't know. Like, I just, like, he's such a good running back, but you know, last year I just didn't love the usage. I thought there were some weird games with him where he wasn't getting the carries that I thought he would get. And, you know, that was the first year without Mark Ingram. And, you know, it was, it was just a weird split between him and Latavius Murray. And obviously Drew Brees left a little bit. I don't think I'm going to touch Alvin Kamara. You know, you got the contract, you got the knee, you got the back now, you got to spend probably, you know, the fourth, fifth pick. Uh, I just don't, I just don't like it. Uh, I'm just not really feeling it over the past, you know, couple weeks. It's him and Dalvin cook. I really just don't know what to do with. And I just find myself if I'm in that four, that five spot, if Michael Thomas falls to me, I just get Michael Thomas. And then I just move on. Um, so, so yeah, Camara, I don't know. Is he like, a? is this has, this seems like a red flag, a major red flag.
1: Yeah, I think now he has two major red flags. I had him at four overall. I dropped him. Like, I just, If I have the fourth pick, I'm not taking him there. Not to say that he can't be the best player. He could be very well. Everything could just work out fine, but like, I don't want red flag guy at number four. I really don't. Michael Thomas is a much better option at number four right. just for safety purposes. That's where I have him ranked. So now I go McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, one, two, three. Thomas and Devontae Adams... Uh, four and five. I think Adam's going to be fucking incredible this season. Me too. Uh, Like, uh, honest to God, the best pick, if you don't get number one, two, or three... I would want pick 12 in a 12-team league because you're probably going to get Adams there, and then you can follow it up with a stud running back, and you are off to the races. That is an awesome pick to have. But like, I put Henry ahead of Kamara. Uh, the, yep. e- the Eagles just cut three running backs. Like Sanders is going to be fine. Like, I would almost consider drafting Sanders and Mixon over Kamara right now. I have Henry over him officially in the rankings at number six, Kamara at seven, because I have Dalvin Cook at eight, but he's also kind of dealing with this stupid contract stuff too.
0: Yeah, I know. That's that's what I mean. I I picked at nine in FTN draft on Tuesday and I took Devonte Adams and I was able to have the option of a Mixon or a Sanders or a Drake. Actually, it seems like people were a little bit scared of of all three. And now Mixon has this contract. And as you mentioned, the Eagles cut some back. So it looks like Miles Sanders is fine. That's all we ever, ever wanted you know, in years past when there's preseason. You don't want that that star running back to get all those reps. It just seems like Philly was like, okay, listen, instead of preseason, we're not going to have any preseason games. Just take a seat for a little bit. You're nicked up, and we'll have you fresh for week one. Yeah, I agree with you, Pat, 100%. I'd rather take the wide tech. I'd rather take Julio Jones maybe at this point. I think Derrick Henry, just a lot He's of safe. people just crap on him. Well, Henry is solid. You know what the Titans want to do. He's going to touch the ball probably more than anyone in football besides Christian McCaffrey and maybe Saquon, and that's what the guy is probably only going to catch 20 passes. Well, there's an interesting Derrick Henry note here, too, and one of the reasons that I
1: bumped him up. It appears like the Titans are only going to carry two running backs on their roster once they trim down the 53-man roster on Saturday. So in my mind, it's just kind of like bloop, right in my head, like – We need to get on uh, Darion Don Evans, the backup to Derrick Henry, because I always talk about like, you need to draft Latavius Murray. If anything ever happens to Elvin Kamara, like Murray's a top five running back. Evans could just be the last man standing in this offense. Is he as good as Henry? God, no. But could he be 60% of Henry in the last round or undrafted? Yes, he very much could. I don't expect, and you never have to use him if Henry's playing, but if Henry gets hurt, which he does from time to time, if he is the only man around, you
0: got to have him. Got to have him. Yeah. I have a lot of shares of him. Actually. He's absolutely free. He's been one of my picks in the last couple of rounds. Like obviously the last couple you play with defense and kickers, whatever. Uh, but Evans, you know, right before that, because to your point, yeah, they don't have any other running backs and he's looked pretty good in camp. I have just been some positive reviews, him catching balls of the backfield looking strong on the ground. He's getting a little bit more run, obviously with, uh, they know what they have with Derrick Henry. There's no really uh, need to to give him all these, you know, touches and practice and whatnot. So Absolutely. And, you know, again, we know what the Titans want to do. They want to run the football and go with the play action pass. So Evans is one of those backs, like Chase Edmonds, who's even going after him that can fall into, um, you know, I don't want to say RB1, but certainly top 15, Pat. Top 15 would be a lock if there was no uh, Derrick Henry there. Yeah, and it's one of those situations, like, again, like one of the reasons that I love
1: Latavius uh, is because you never are at risk of starting him if he doesn't have the job. He's a bench guy, and he's not someone you plug into your line. That's my one hesitation with Chase Edmonds, that people get fired up because he has these big games, even with Drake out there or even with David Johnson out there, but they're completely unpredictable. And generally, when you start him, he has zero points unless he's the man. So you don't ever want that temptation. You're kind of – oh, it's like – I could just dummy a bag of Doritos at any time, regardless of the size of the bag of Doritos. So my wife, she comes home, and she has, like, the giant like sweet chili heat, vegan, by the way, not that I'm a vegan, but I just found that if you yeah. have vegan friends, you'd the sweet chili heat dagos, and you're on your way. But if she brings home that thing and I have like a glass of wine or a beer, I'm in that entire fucking bag. And if I had Chase Edmonds on my team, I would think to myself, I can't help but not try to get too cute with my lineups and too tricky yeah. with my lineups, that I just tell my wife, don't buy these fucking chips. Just if you're not going to eat them, I don't need them around. I'm not going to think about them if they're not in the house, so don't buy them. If I don't have Chase Edmonds on my team versus someone like Latavius Murray or someone like Evans, guys that I know that I'm never going to use unless the opportunity is perfect and the starter is hurt, I don't want to have the guy. It's the like, same as Madison. Like, Madison will have like nine carries in a game for like 59 yards and a touchdown because, you know, the Vikings got up by a bunch and he came in and they sat down, Delvin Cook. It's like, oh, they're 14 point favorites against this shitty team. And then it doesn't work out that way and you start some guy who has one point in your lineup like i just don't want that i need to say i need to protect myself from myself and my stupid decisions that i like to make if you don't have that problem don't worry about it but for me that's that's kind of the angle that i have to take
0: i tell you what i have the problem of eating a full bag of doritos at any point at any time (laughs) i have no no problem crushing doritos but yeah you bring up a good point because you and also just to wrap this up is that Edmonds and like Tony Pollard and well, Madison? Po- these guys are like, I would say, picks.
1: yeah. Oh, well, I would say like Pollard is a different circumstance. Pollard is in the Murray situation because you're never going to start Tony Pollard unless Zeke's hurt. That's a good one. But some people are like, man, Madison could be a flex player. It's like, no, he's not a flex <laughs> player. Do not do that. Like Chris Thompson yeah. is a flex player, Alexander right. Madison is not.
0: He's either your running back one or a guy who sits on your fucking bench. Yeah. Agree. And and if you and it just I see a lot of people in my drafts, they they take Cook and then they pair him up with Madison. I just like, oh, it's such a waste. Like yeah. it's just it's it's just not the right strategy to take. Yeah. Take other people's handcuffs. That makes your team yes. better if anything happens to their guy.
1: Like someone else drafts Kamara, you take Latavius. Like you don't want exactly. to like all you're doing is making your team like Listen, if your stud running back goes down, that's not good. It means no matter who you replace him with, that's not going to be good. However, if someone else has Dalvin Cook and you have Alexander Madison or you have Evans and someone else has Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry gets hurt. You lost nothing on your team and you just gained a running back, too. And they're shit out of luck about it. So that's always the better strategy to take. You're trying to maximize the upside of your team in these situations. That's how the handcuffs work. Here's one for you. The Athletic. Now, I don't know if we can trust The Athletic after that uh, Adrian Peterson report, but Nate Taylor (laughs) suggests he would not be surprised if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Daryl Williams split most of the Chiefs' rushing attempts on opening night. I can see that with a rookie coming in. I'm still drafting Hilaire 15th overall. Uh, You can take him at the turn if you want to. I'm not scared about that. But Williams becomes the must-have guy behind him, and and ESPN projects DeAndre Washington not making the Chiefs roster. So initially, I had loved DeAndre Washington as one of these super high upside handcuffs, Turns out he's not going to be on the team, apparently. So just draft Williams. And Williams becomes one of, besides Murray and Madison, Pollard, maybe even Deion Lewis with the Giants. We'll see about that. Gio Bernard, Evans, Daryl Williams is now firmly in that mix as Guy, who becomes an instant starter if anything happens to Clyde Edwards Layer.
0: Yeah, this is another example of just grabbing somebody towards the end of your draft that could be a home run for you. Yeah, DeAndre Washington, I wasn't really believing in him anyways. It was just – it's it's all about protecting Patrick Mahomes, right? This offensive line is not great, I believe – only four teams ran fewer than Casey last year. They want, they even when they score points, they still can't help themselves to throw the football with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And I get it like whatever, just score as many <laughs> points as you can. But um, yeah, it's, it's all about pass blocking and Williams is doing that. And obviously Damian is, is not around. So this is, this is a guy that actually isn't getting drafted at all. Pat, I see the other guys like the geo Bernard's and Evans of the world and Boston Scott, like people are more willing to grab those guys. Uh, but for, for here, it's just somebody that can get in at knows the playbook is familiar with the team has had some reps last year. So I'm not totally shocked at all to hear the athletics say that it could be a split backfield in week one over time. It's, it's not going to be a split backfield. It's going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as long as he can protect Patrick Mahomes. And, and what, and I have no problem with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire either. I mean, he only needs like Austin Eckler usage or Alvin Kamara usage a couple couple years ago is touch the ball 12 to 15 times in that offense and you're going to be a low RB one. There's no question about it. So yeah, another free pick, um, you know, a great topic because again, nobody's, is, nobody is drafting him. And I'll tell you what, if, if he's on the waiver wire and something happens to Clyde Arbus Lair or he's not protecting Patrick Mahomes, you're going to be wasting all your fab on, on somebody who, you know, in that KC backfield. So just do it with your last pick. Uh, The Bills, the report is that the running backs, uh, I mean,
1: Singletary is suffering from fumbling problems, apparently. I mean, if Uh, you're hearing that report, that's not good news. But at the same time, they're going to dictate, and they did this last year too, depending on the defense, which is super sharp from Sean McDermott. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Bad for fantasy though, because you're never going to know if it's going to be Moss, if it's going to be Singletary, getting the majority of the touches and snaps that week. And then you always have the fear that Josh Allen just sneaks the ball in from the one yard line and steals the touchdowns. If your guys aren't guaranteed to get a huge volume of touches you'd at least want them handling the goal line work to make up for it but we don't even know if that's going to be on the table one handoff he gets tackled all of a sudden Josh Allen is calling his own number I think Moss is the better I I have Singletary ranked higher but just based on ADP I think Moss is probably the better pick because he's just cheaper and it could be him I think Singletary is probably better I loved what I saw out of him out of the backfield catching the ball and hitting the outside and getting off tackle But if this becomes a situation where they're up in games and the Bills' defense looks pretty good and they need someone to protect the ball, it just might be Moss up the middle for four yards in a cloud of dust and hopefully move the chains. Like, that's not fantasy appealing to anyone at that point.
0: No, I I like Moss. I'm kind of torn on this backfield slightly because I see some of the things that you mentioned, you know, with catching to the backfield with Singletary and in the open space. You know, I, I liked a lot of what I saw from him last year, but I just think Moss is more what they need, right? I mean, they tried this with Frank Gore believe it or not, he actually had the most red zone rushing attempts, but he just couldn't get in, right? I mean, he just, he gets stopped at the one all the time, and then, as you, you pointed out, Josh Allen calls his own number. You know, Zach Moss is really moving up charts. I mean, August 4th, looking at fantasy football calculator right now, he was a 10th round pick, and now he's a 7th round pick, and, oh, geez, I took him in the 6th at FTN. I have him ranked ahead of Devin Singletary. I think the fumbles are a big-time concern. It's not just right now. He fumbled the football a lot last year, too, and they never gave him any usage inside the red zone. I believe he had three rush attempts inside the ten, so he's not going to be the guy there and I think they actually want Zach Moss to be the guy now it's funny to say that you can want whatever but <laughs> at the same time Josh Allen is probably still going to call his own number but again like you just have a back who can grind and get you that extra yardage he is a bruiser he is actually pretty decent in the open field and I think that he can catch balls I don't think that he's just going to be limited to first down second down roll I don't think they're just going to push away Singletary altogether it's a nice change a pace back, but I have a lot of appeal in Zach Moss. And I, I like what Buffalo has done over the past couple of years. I still think they're going to be a run-heavy team. I, I think that they're going to rely on their defense, which I think is top-notch, probably top five in in all of football. And they brought in a, a lot of guys, as you know, and, and people listening and watching right now who can are great route runners, great hands, and just get the ball in open space with these guys, and they can make things happen. But yeah, that's what's so appealing is that Singletary seems to be going in the fifth round and Zach Moss is going after him and he's definitely going to be the goal back. I think he's going to have more touches than Devin Singletary. Singletary is, is falling down draft boards for me. If he falls down in the sixth, seventh, eighth round, absolutely a steal. You definitely can't let him fall that much. But if I'm picking between the two, Pat, it's Zach Moss for me.
1: All right, let's go. Actual rapid fire here. Josh Gordon to Seahawks. You care? I don't. Nope, don't care at all. Uh, Amari Cooper has either been
0: limited or a non participant for the team's last four practices. Does this worry you? Yeah, absolutely. I don't want any shares of Armari Cooper at all, anyways. And no. There's no he's not even the red zone guy there, right? They brought in Lamb. He's gonna lead in red zone touches. You think so? Would you rather would you rather draft Lamb or Gallup? Yeah, I'd rather, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I gotta no, no, take no, no. Amari between- Cooper is like wide receiver 11 to 15, no chance. Yeah, I have Cooper
1: in the rankings behind AJ Brown uh, and Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen shaping up to be like a good pick. Oh, sure. I'd rather
0: have Keenan Allen 100%. He's gonna have way more targets.
1: Yeah, and I like DK Metcalf and T.Y. Hilton and Odell yep. and Juju and all yep. those guys better. But between Gallup and Lamb, pick one. I'll go with Lamb. I'll go with Gallup on that one. Cam Newton is officially the quarterback for the New England Patriots. So, no surprise there. I like Cam as a fantasy upside play. I think everyone does. Uh, I think Minchu might actually still be better than Cam in this spot. But Mike Reese is reporting that Damian Harris, he got all of the love. I drafted him late and I was like, I felt so good. I got the starting running back. And of course, he could miss the team's uh, season opener against the Dolphins with his hand injury. He could miss a few weeks. That now leaves the newly activated Lamar Miller. We got Sex Rex Burkhead. James White's the only one of these guys that you can even feasibly think about playing the first few weeks. I still like Harris or like, do you really want to play Sony Michelle? No, Uh, I would still take Harris late. I still think he's going to end up being the guy, but you're going to have to wait and see.
0: Yeah. James White is the only one that I want. And then Harris, I suppose I'll take a shot at him. I do have a flyer. He was going pretty late upside guy. He, You know, he was great in college, but yeah, that's the only one. I have no interest in Rex Burkhead, Sony Michelle or Lamar Miller. (laughs) <laughs> We're going down this road again with New England. It's just They're don't gonna frustrate everybody. Just, just, just don't do it. Just don't right. do that. that, that There's that, no need. That, yeah, take someone. Cam else. and Cam White and Edelman, and, and even even I don't really care about Cam all that much. To be honest, I'd rather Minshew. Uh, I, I think Cam could be really good here.
1: Uh, San Francisco update: Tavana. They have signed like eight thousand receivers in this. <laughs> offseason they've all went to the injured reserve Tavon Austin's now on the injured reserve but it looks like Debo could be practicing as of next week with his foot injury he continues to fall down boards I still really like Debo Uh, if he can fall to you he could be a wide receiver too in this offense Uh, he is the number two option behind Kittle he could even develop into the number one I hate Ayuk. don't draft him sucks mm-hmm. uh and then Richie James is actually coming back as well and I get the Trent Taylor news like I wouldn't try to invest too much into the San Francisco offense except for the clearly defined guys and the only two that I can really figure out are Kittle he's great and Debo when he's back is going to be the man like I like Kendrick Bourne for, like, week one DraftKings, but if he ended up with zero points, it wouldn't shock me kind of thing. Like, Debo and Kittle are the only two options that you really want. Uh, so I just want to hit on that. Eckler, Justin Jackson, and Joshua Kelly, it is reported, could all see rushing attempts and targets in the Chargers' offensive attack this year. I am not high on Eckler. I think he's the best of them. I see where his fantasy upside lies, but there could be a lot of downside in this offense if they actually do either do a split or do a three-man with Tyrod at quarterback. Like, it's gonna be tough for him to hit his like ceiling
0: yeah he's he's definitely gonna regress he's not gonna be able to put up the same type of numbers that he did last year and you got to remember that melvin gordon wasn't with the team over the first few weeks too so he's really getting a ton of usage i like joshua kelly i have no interest in justin jackson kelly is another guy that's pretty free and i think that he could be a third down back he's obviously not going to be one this year if eckler's healthy but he he can catch and I, I just, I just see a little bit more upside. Justin Jackson already had his opportunity and he didn't do anything with it. All
1: right. Uh, the Colts, Trey Burton. Yes, he is on the Colts now. Uh, he's going to miss at least the first two weeks of the regular season with a calf injury, Jack Doyle for our legal League leagues team. That's fantastic. Uh, Probably not, yeah. but at least it's Rivers, it's a tight end. He's going to be playing all the snaps. Expect some like solid like seven for sixty-eight type games. Uh, so if you play in a PPR league, you can do that. You play on DraftKings. Maybe he's cheap enough to do week one. But uh the Colts uh wide receiver Paris Campbell, a Frenchman, was activated from the league's concussion protocol. If there was another receiver to own there besides
0: TY, which what guy would you go with? Would it be Campbell, Pittman, Pascal? Oh, Anyone? Man. Yeah. <laughs> Not I'd I'll pick one just because you asked, but I don't have any interest either. I'll go with I'll go with Campbell. Um just because again, he probably knows the system a little bit more, even though he he wasn't really on the field a lot more. What Frank Reich wants to do is use all of his tight ends and run the football and slow the pace down. They just want Phillip Rivers not to turn the ball over. That's it. They're gonna play at a very slow pace and just run the football there in Indy
1: uh jets news this is always fun mims is back practicing and adam gay said his late august issues with Le'Veon bell were nothing but a miscommunication and they're, they're probably going to sign adrian peterson put bell on the bench and run a tandem of frank gore and adrian peterson for whatever reason just because they're super andercurs i actually don't hate bell this year by the way i think that he continues to slip like you get him in the fifth round sometimes at that point he's still a guy that could see all the volume like why not um it might be a waste of a fifth round pick but if I was going like zero RB, like I like him better than David Johnson and that type of guy. I like someone like James Connor and Chris Carson a lot better, but bell mm-hmm. is sort of going way after those guys now because of all the negative news around him. I don't hate that chargers. OC said that Mike Williams and his like sprained AC joint in his shoulder is going to be like ready to play week one. I don't believe that for a second.
0: Yeah. I don't believe that either. No, early reports was that he was like week to week. He's going to miss a lot of time. This is why I like Keenan Allen a lot. I don't see him jumping up boards uh, as much as he should really. He's he's going to be a guy that's going to get a lot of targets and easy completion for Tyrod, put him in the slot, move him around. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm not in on on Mike Williams, although in the past, like what we've seen from Tyrod to, you know, when he aired it up to uh, Sammy Watkins, I mean, he can. I think he's a little bit underrated that way. But uh, I'm not typically drafting these guys that are already hurt, these wideouts. I don't see a big enough discount for Mike Williams.
1: Uh, Next one, Russell Gage. In the Gage with Russell Gage is being reported (laughs) that he's made tremendous strides and is ready to make a
0: big impact in the slot. But, like, where does he fall on the Atlanta pecking order? Sixth? Yep. Fifth at best, probably. <laughs> You're right. It's it's a late-round flyer. Yeah, he's not somebody that you can get excited. When I say that I like him, I play in some deeper leagues where I take a shot on him. But yeah, it's Julio, it's Ridley, it's Hurst, it's think th- th- I think this
1: hurts Hurst more than anyone.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Because Julio and Calvin are going to get there is 100%. And Gurley's probably going to... I would say Gurley gets about five targets a game. Yeah. So what's um, that? Matt Ryan's like, yeah, he's always been in the top five in passing attempts. But right there, when you factor in those three and then Hurst... That's a big chunk of his his passing attempts right there. So really, Gage is probably a three or four target guy until someone gets hurt.
1: Yeah, so the last news item, and this is a guy I had under and I don't really know why some guys when you have to have a take on everyone sometimes things just kind of go over your head slip your mind uh but throwback to mid-90s canadian viewers who know all about john who vision that john smith is like the number two in tennessee in terms of the yeah. passing game uh, i moved him up in my tight end rankings i have him number 119 overall that's ahead of austin hooper noah font uh Gesicki, hawkinson hayden hurst Uh, Jack Doyle, Jared cook, all those guys. I just think he has an incredible opportunity here. And just for whatever reason, I don't know why I
0: wasn't high on him, but I really should be. Yeah, you should be. You know, the tight end position is appealing this year. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Am I the only one to think that? I mean, you obviously have the big three up at the top with Andrews and then Philly, everybody seems to be hurt. So Zach Ertz is actually a pretty good value too. And then I kind of avoid that middle tier, you know, with the Gronk and the Waller and Ingram and Henry, I kind of avoid that. And then you have some of these upside guys and fan hawkinson Kaseki, but Jonu Smith is the one that actually is going after them. So you can wait even longer at the tight end position. He's clearly the number two. We could stop talking about Corey Davis. The, he's not the number two in that offense. It's Jonu Smith, and he's very, very athletic, Pat. I mean, he's had a lot of solid runs. Uh, get the ball, again, what they want to do, run and play action. It's two targets there in Tennessee, and he's one of them.
1: All right, so I wrote down five tips. If you are just coming in, to fantasy football this weekend you've done really no research or you just have like a list of uh, i would say a magazine but you're probably beyond a magazine because you're watching this or listening to this right now at the same time i wrote down a list of things that you should probably pay attention to going into your fantasy football draft this weekend if you've done no research whatsoever so i'm going to run these by you. you tell me if you agree or disagree okay Draft stud running backs early. The guys that get all the carries. Between the, t- between the 20s, passing game, goal line. There's like eight of these guys. Try to get one of them. Don't reach on middling quarterback, or running back, sorry. Agree.
0: Just- Agree. 100%. I think, yeah, that's the number one point. You want a three down back.
1: Yeah, and like in these middle rounds, if the guy isn't all these things, don't go out of your way to go reach for him. Just wait for some of the other guys to fall back to you and take some of these handcuffs. Uh, number two, wait on tight end unless it's Kittle or Kelsey
0: yes like i actually have killed number one tight end because of all the san fran injuries wrong (laughs) they're side by side man like (laughs) i I, split inherits of with both of them there's i know you're a big kelsey guy but yeah grab grab those two or just wait it out uh
1: let qbs fall to you and only take running quarterbacks
0: Yes. Yes. I like that last point because you see Brady and Stafford, you know, they're just always staring at you in the middle rounds, but they don't have that same rushing upside. Like they're not going to run the football and that provides a nice safe floor. Yeah. I mean, everyone laughed
1: at me when I was drafting Josh Allen as a top ten quarterback Think? last year in the last round. And what was he, the sixth best quarterback? So you have yeah. Minshew, Daniel Jones, these guys both like Kyle. I mean, Kyler's going way ahead of that, but Burrow could end up running. Like just take a running Agreed. quarterback, save yourself the time. Uh, Tyrod too. Like in these guys and these guys are all going in like the very last round. You don't need to reach for them. Middle wide receivers are where it's at. So you go like running back, elite tight end, running back, running back. Then you have McLaurin, Woods chark these guys in rounds like four five six like that sort of spot you can pile up an awesome receiving core without reaching for any of the top end guys like the evans or the godwins like i think these guys are either ahead of them or a whole lot closer than you might think
0: yeah i I mean you said it perfectly i love that range in the fourth round robert woods dk Metcalf, shark lockett mclaurin keenan allen those are all stud wide receivers that i would be perfectly fine if they were my wide receiver too And handcuffs are important, especially with COVID going around. We don't know how that's going
1: to affect anything. Uh, I've increased the bench spot in my league by one uh, in my homekeeper league that we're just drafting an extra round this year. It'll go back to normal next year. But instead of putting in an IR spot, just add an extra bench spot. But take someone else's handcuff. If someone else has Derrick Henry, you take Evan. Someone else has Zeke, you take Pollard. Do not handcuff your own guy in this situation. You want to have maximum upside for your team. We've kind of been over this, but that's what I'm going with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it, it was different in years past, Pat. People were always talking about handcuffs. You want to get, you want to protect a Zeke or protect your investment with a Pollard or a Dr- an Edmonds with a Drake. I, I don't think it works that way. I think, yeah, you, you want to grab somebody else's handcuff and you can just maximize your, your, full, your full potential that way. All right. That will do it on the Pat Mayo oh, experience. Baby.
1: Remember to smash the like and what you need to do is tell me the guy that you want to have that you have to get in your draft also don't be afraid to reach for a player you like it's fucking fantasy football it's supposed to be fun just go <laughs> take the guys that you want when it all comes down to it I know you want to win but if there's a guy that you have a feeling about go take him. like don't let anyone like laugh you off You're like oh I can't believe you reached around on this guy like who cares <laughs> <laughs> when it comes down yeah, to it, people team. are all over
0: me for taking Zach Moss. It's a 14 team league. <laughs> if I don't take Zach Moss by the time it comes back, I don't have Zach Moss and I wanted Zach Moss. So yeah, don't be afraid to reach for a guy you don't have to do it in the first two rounds, Let and, but the value will fall to you. You can reach to some after the third round, you want a guy, go get him. I, I played in one of these uh, quote unquote
1: experts league last year. And I had the f- <laughs> 12th pick or 14. I can't remember if it was 12 or 14 teams, but I had the last pick of the first round. And everyone was taking running backs. And I got laughed out of the room by taking Michael Thomas and Travis Kelsey with my first two picks. Like, I can't believe you took these guys here. It's like, well, if I don't take them here, I'm not getting them for one thing. Are you kidding? And then I ended up with the best receiver and the best tight end. And guess who my next two picks were at the turn? Carson and Josh Jacobs also got laughed at for taking those
0: guys too early. Like, no one knows fucking anything.
1: So just do what you want (laughs) when it comes down to it.
0: Yeah, the disrespect again on Chris Carson. I mean, this guy is absolutely safe. (laughs) Yeah, don't it just, again, like it, block out the outside noise, take as much as what you want, listen to it, listen to this show, uh, have, have a set of rankings with you for sure. Um, whether it's Pat's anyone's just have some kind of some rankings there for you just so you have an idea of where the ADP and, and all that stuff, but don't be afraid to reach on a guy. And, and if you want him, like just block out that outside noise. I mean, again, I hear, as we're wrapping up, I hear people talk about Chris Carson all the time. Chris Carson, the injuries, Carson, like he is just safe. Seattle runs the football. He's, he's a solid running back. Another guy who I just feel like is getting disrespected.
1: Absolutely. I like Chris Carson again this year, more so than someone like I think he's right around Josh Jacobs again, who I don't love Josh Jacobs this year. I think he's just very close to where he was last year, which would make him like a third round pick, not a second round pick. But at the same time, remember to smash the like button, rate and review the Pat Mayo experience. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can follow Chris Meany on Twitter at Chris Meany and check out all of his work at FTN Fantasy, FTN Bets, and FTNDaily.com. If you use code Mayo at any of those places, you get it discount i'm not sure what the discount is right now but i know it does have a discount and it tells you that hey pat mayo sent you uh at FTN, Daily, FTN Bets, and ftnfantasy.com depending on what you're looking for the tools up there are fucking amazing and i suggest you go check them out right now i'll be back saturday with a full breakdown of DraftKings strategy for the year afc nfc win total shows already out i'll have a how to gamble on football show coming out then week one rankings week one spread picks it's all happening. football's here all right thank you all for watching i'm pat mayo